This is the Aftermarket Radio Network. Hey everybody, Carm Capriato, Town Hall Academy. It's week 365. Love to do this for everyone in the aftermarket as we learn from each other and build great business acumen with and for each other. I'd like to introduce you to my panel. Here's a reason you're going to hang out here today. Watch this, listen to this. We're going to have a client advocate or a service advisor role play, whatever you would like to call your own title. And this is going to be different like none we've done before because each of our advisors, is going to take on a completely different kind of, if you will, a stereotype. One of them is going to be a technical advisor. One of them is going to be a direct dominant advisor. This is what you got to do. Get in here now. Or a friendship. Love you to death. Hey, man, how's your kids? Come on in. Every particular customer may deal with that differently. So it's going to be a blast. We want to thank so much our great supporters and our partners For over 30 years, Napa Tracks has made selecting the right shop management system easy by offering the best, most comprehensive SMS in the system in the industry. We'll uh, we'll prove to you that Tracks is the single best shop management system in the business, so find Napa Tracks on the web at N-A-P-A-T-R-A-C-S dot com. Rena Rennebaum is here, CEO, coach, consultant, empowered advisors, and thank you for putting this together. Rena, appreciate that. Thank you for having us. Allie Norton's here, service writer at Rosemas Car Care, Hudsonville, Michigan. Hey, Allie. Hey, thanks for having me. Glad to have you here. Lee Fleming, service advisor coach with Empowered Advisors. And I think you're also a client, right, Lee? No, I'm just a uh, service advisor consultant. I help these guys out with their day-to-day activities. Great. And Matt Bellinger's here, Service Plus, Watertown, New York, probably about five or six hours from Buffalo, right, Matt? About that, yep. Good to have you here. And Megan Dinoff, Irving's Auto Repair, the Apex 2021 Shop Owner of the Year. How you doing? We're great, Megan. I now give the duties and the honor over to Rena to set this up and let's have some fun. Let's have some fun. So we are going to have different buying and selling styles. So the setup is, is that we have three advisors and each service advisor is going to have to figure out what buying style their customer has. And so we are going to, Lee is the customer. He's going to be three different styles of buyers. And then we have Megan, Allie, and Matt are going to do the advisor role plays. So what we're going to do is I'm going to ring the phone. The advisor is going to pick up after we're done with the role play. Then we're going to talk about the call, like what we liked about it, if there was anything we would change, and then what the buying style was of the customer and how the advisor molded to or tailored their approach to that customer's needs. Love it. We can learn so much from this. Yeah. So we're going to start with Megan. And when we're done, I will then tell you guys what their buying style and Megan's selling style was. So I'll ring the phone. Lee's going to answer. And are you guys ready? Sure yeah. I am. Okay. Here we go. Ring, ring. Hello. Hey, Lee. This is Megan at Irvine's. How did your errands go this morning in that free loaner car? They were fantastic. I got a little turned around over by the Costco, but I think I found my way just fine. Well, I am so glad to hear that. Hey, we got the oil change done on your Highlander, and it is in great condition, just like it has been the past few times we've seen it. You guys have done such a great job maintaining and repairing your car. I have a 
couple of suggestions for you that are factory recommendations, which we think are also very important. They are your rear differential fluid, your transfer case fluid, a transmission service, and a cooling system service. Um, I looked back in the history. These are not things that we have done in the recent past. So it is time to have those done. It's because over time, the detergents just break down and it's time to get your components clean, cooled down and protected so we can keep your car running the way you want it to, you know, and get those kids to soccer practice the way you and your wife have decided you wanted to with this vehicle. So I have a total $885.34 if you would like to do those four services in addition to the oil change. And I can have that done by the end of the day if you would like. You know, Megan, I, I always, this is why I always bring my car there. You get it done within a quickly, timely manner. I don't know if I'd be able to make it in this afternoon. It would be all right if I just kind of wrap this up in the morning. Absolutely. Why don't you get your kids dropped back off at school in the morning and we'll plan on seeing you around 930 again. That sounds about perfect. That, that lines up with my schedule just right. That sounds good. Hey, I'm going to send you a text later this afternoon, probably around 4.30, just to confirm that we are going to stay on track and that 9.30 works for the morning. But otherwise, I hope that you have a wonderful evening and we will see you in the morning. That sounds beautiful, Megan. We'll see you then. All right. Bye-bye, Lee. Bye-bye. Nice job, everybody. Yay. That was awesome. So, Megan, anything that you would have done differently now that you are done? I don't think so. I don't know. You tell me. This is part of your job. <laughs> I want to give you the opportunity first to give yourself feedback. Lee, how about you? How did you feel? Did Megan take care of your needs? How did you feel? Yes, I feel that Megan did really well with giving me a call on that. It was a nice, calm tone. Everything was presented well. I understood everything that she was trying to get across, setting the expectations for when I can return and letting me have the loaner car for as long as possible really helped me out as a customer. Yeah. The one thing is, I don't know, Allie, did you catch it? I said recommendation. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> oh, I thought that Allie was going to catch it. So yeah, one of the things that we have been working on is instead of saying recommendations, we're saying this is what your vehicle needs. Because a, a suggestion, a recommendation, it feels too suggested. And so we want to say that this is what your vehicle needs. And that was really, I think, the only thing that I was... That, that I heard that I would have done differently. I'm curious, Carm, which one of these customers do you think Megan was dealing with? She was so damn friendly. It was, it was almost like she was a niece or a cousin, friend of the families. Yeah. I listened to Megan's calls and this is really, truly the way that she deals with customers is she is 100% the friendship advisor. And we decided to start with this role play because the friendship advisor like is 80% of your customers. People buy from you because they like you and trust you. And so Megan is going to be that advisor that really is going to be able to work with 80% of people, probably even more, really, but at least 80% of people she's going to be able to sell to. And an interesting fact is that Megan really only substitutes as an advisor. So she is was able to just practice this and use her skill as being friendly to sell to Lee. Hey, Megan, how hard is it to be such a friendly person? 
You are. I know you. We've partied together, I do believe. Yes, absolutely. You win all these awards, so every time we're out there, we're having to do something special about them. To be a friendly person and really come across a very difficult customer, and is it your goal then, hey, I can bring this guy over or this lady over? Absolutely. So we are very lucky in that when people come to us, we don't have a lot of difficulty with the systems that we have in place, the way we speak to customers from the the initial phone call, from the first time we talk to them, we have expectations set. We make sure to answer questions. We have transparent systems so that even if we have someone who is truly difficult and I don't have a lot of technical knowledge, I have the tools to be able to help those customers and take care of their needs, take care of their families in the best way that that Irvine's and Grand Rapids Hybrid wants to. What would be the percentage of times that you need to have technical knowledge? Is it big? Is it small? I think I'm probably the wrong person to ask because I really service advise on the front end of the appointments. We have another full-time service advisor. Um, However, I do back Steve up all the time. But if I have questions, if Eric and Steve are gone, I go and talk to my technicians. Rena has given me and all of us a sheet where we kind of go down the list of what we need to talk about, write down the good things, write down the technical aspects. And we are able to go into a phone call with the confidence of having technical knowledge, but maybe not having that in my back pocket all the time. Got it. Great answer. Thank you. And I think the answer is about 10%. I think it's going to be 10% or less of customers really need the technical Let's go to our next role play. Matt is going to be the advisor and Lee is going to be the customer yet again. So here we go. Ring, ring, ring. Hello. Hello. Is this Lee? This is. Hey, Lee. It's Matt over at Service Plus Automotive. How are you today? I'm very well. Great. So we got that oil change and inspection done on your 22 Jeep. I sent you over an inspection form. I just didn't know if you had a chance to take a look at that. I did. Perfect. So overall, car's in fantastic shape. A couple of fluid maintenance services that are needed based on the mileage of your Jeep. We've got a rear differential service, a coolant service, transmission, and transfer case service. Now, Matt, how long is this going to take? Perfect. Yep. So I actually close at five. Um, I can have this done for you by the end of the day. I just wanted to run through it again. We'd be taking care of the oil change, which we already did. Coolant service, rear differential, transfer case, transmission service. I have a total here of $914.80. Like I said, I do close at five. Now, wait a minute, $914? Yes, sir. What else all is that entailing? Can you go over that with me one more time? Because that that seems like a lot. Absolutely. So I went ahead and looked into the history and I notated that we have not seen your Jeep yet. So I did really hone in on the mileage and the needed services that are recommended for that uh, mileage. So we'd be taking care of the coolant the rear differential, the transfer case, and the transmission service. Like I said, all of that will be done by the end of the day. Absolutely. Like I said, I close at five and I will call you at four o'clock and let you know where we're at to make sure we can still hit that deadline for you. Okay. Now, if I remember right, I thought I had the differentials done. You said that uh, you don't show a history of that? I do not in our records. I do believe that the differential is a very important aspect to the vehicle. So based on the mileage of the Jeep, I would recommend. All right, it. Let's, let's just go ahead and get it done. I, I need the car by five. Sounds great. So I will call you at four and make sure we're going to hit deadline and we'll go from there. All right, cool. Thank you, Matt. You're very welcome. Have a good day. Good job, guys. Nice job, everyone. Hey, Matt. You don't know how to smile. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Oh, man. 
So Matt, anything that you would have done differently before we start? Probably say um less because I could hear myself a couple of times saying that. But we got to get you into Toastmasters, buddy. (laughs) (laughs) I think it went pretty well. Yeah. Lee, how did you feel as Matt's customer? Matt did a pretty good job of trying to refocus my conversation or my direction of trying to quickly get off the phone and get back to whatever I was doing. He still nailed down the points of the getting the service done in a timely fashion and wanting to double check to make sure I understood exactly how much I'd be spending by the end of the day. Carm, are you able to guess which buyer Lee was? Well, there's only two other ones to pick and (laughs) Matt wasn't too technical. So I would have to suggest that he's the direct dominant advisor. I mean, there's so much to learn from these two role plays so far. And I bet you there's a third of the entire industry, you know, looking at, you say, I can relate to Megan. This is great. And I can relate to Matt. Matt, I guess my question to you is, is Lee a friendly kind of guy or is he as direct? You were direct at him because he's direct. And Megan, you didn't care how, how direct Lee wanted to be. You were just Megan. You were the friendly individual. I do. Are we chameleons? Should we be chameleons? Is, is client advocates seer? We've got to almost ebb and flow. Absolutely. I think it's very important to read the customer, just kind of see, you know, what they're putting out there and try to not necessarily match it, but you don't want to spend too much time with a very direct buyer because I do believe that you're going to frustrate them in the end if you try to get really technical or really you know, ask a bunch of questions. I think that's going to just make the situation worse. And there's magic between two directs. If you think of disc and the dominant roles and the time bound, give me an answer, get quick. If you're like that and you could recognize that in your customer, you could nail that thing in 30 seconds. We want to follow a path, right? And like Lee started by kind of cutting Matt off, right? Like, well, okay, look, just when can you get it done? And something that we've found is that the direct buyers sometimes intimidate us a little bit. And so we go, okay, yeah, yeah, sure. I'll, I'll have your car done. I'll call you at four. And we don't give them the grand total. We just let them have too much control of the sale. And then in turn, that they come to pick up their car and they're like, wait, $914, what are you talking about? I didn't approve that. So we have to make sure that if we are not a direct seller, that we still will take control of that direct buyer and say, look, I can hear that you need to go. Let me make sure that I'm confirming these are the services that we're going to take care of. And this is how much it is. And this is when it's going to be done. We still have to make sure that we get that in. So that's what we really wanted to make sure that we were showing in this role play is that Matt maybe isn't by nature a direct seller, but he knew that Lee was direct. He knew that if he started to go, well, this is what the transfer case does, that Lee's going to go, look, I got to go. I don't need any of that information. So I think Megan said it earlier, you want to have the technical information in your back pocket, but that doesn't mean that you have to use it. You need to read what your customer is asking for. So like, for example, Megan wouldn't have known what they used the car for. She wouldn't have known that they have kids, that they're in soccer, if Lee wasn't a friendship buyer, right? So, and same with Matt knows nothing about this Lee. He doesn't know if he has kids or if he doesn't. He just knows that Lee is needs his car done at a certain time and he needs little bits of information and he will either buy it or he won't. 
I don't want to say the word no-nonsense because I think it's a negative thing, but it basically, Lee was a no-nonsense guy. That doesn't seem negative to me at all. I mean, some people don't want the, the technical information or the friendship. They're on to the next thing. They don't have time to build a relationship with us or understand what they're doing, what we are doing with our car. Let's face it. Your shop management system is the single most important tool in your shop, period. Napa Tracks was built from the ground up to make your business more profitable and efficient. We provide an extensive set of tools to increase and track profitability in real time. Napa Tracks offers the industry's best post-sale support, hands down, and we train your people on-site. Yep, on-site. And we offer remote refresher training 10 times a week, and customer support is open six days a week. Give us a call, visit the website, or join our Facebook community today to learn more. We'll prove to you that Tracks is the single best shop management system in the business. Napa Tracks is always customized and tailored for you, whether you're a one-man shop or a large multi-bay or multi-location company. After all, it's your shop, so it's your choice. Visit us on the web at NapaTracks, that's N-A-P-A-T-R-A-C-S dot com. When I'm answering the phone and I'm trying to feel out my customer, does Megan take on a different role, even though she's a friendship advisor, when she meets a very high dominant, no nonsense, get it done person? Megan, are you going to shift a bit and try to accommodate the client? I absolutely am. And, you know, that might be a person that in the back of my head, I say, oh, I can't fill in for this. I need Steve to call and I need him to do the technical because they're going to want way more information than what I will feel comfortable giving. And I don't have an issue doing that on a, a front end of the phone call. When the phone rings, I can look at a past service record or look into their car and see, hey, we have these recommended services from last time. Do you have any questions about that? And if they're technical, I can get answers for them. I, I think a big part is also knowing that you can put people on hold and ask questions and make sure that you're giving good information because that's what's best for the clients. Love that. Do you have questions? Love that part. Well, let's go to our third. So Ali is our final advisor. Here we go. Ring, ring. Hello. Hi, is this Lee? This is. Hey, Lee, this is Ali at Rosamas Car Care. How's your day going? Not too bad. How's yours going? So good. Thanks for asking. Hey, I have yeah. your Highlander here. I got your oil change all set for you. Everything looks super good. Your tires, your brakes, your suspension, all really nice and tight. There are four different services that we're recommending since you're at that 130,000 miles. Did you have a couple minutes to go over this with me? Yes, I do. Beautiful. I wanted to give an, an opportunity. Do you have any kind of questions as far as what these fluids are. I saw that you had a chance to look over it. I did look over the inspection side of it, and it does kind of show that there's some fluids that we need to get serviced, but I have no idea what those components are. Can you give me a little bit more insight on, on what it is that I'm trying to get done here? Oh, yeah, absolutely. So we have, we have the rear differential. We have the transfer case. There's the transmission, and there's the coolant. Um, all four of these are very important, very expensive components to replace. So in order to avoid that and upfront, um, it's important that we make sure that that specific fluid, whatever component it is, is fresh, it's clean. And that way we can make sure that we're protecting each of these components. Okay. And so what does a transfer case do per se? I'm not familiar with that. 
Yeah, absolutely. Transfer cases to me are, are pretty cool. They're located directly under the engine, a little back. But what they do is they transfer powers from the front wheel to the rear wheels. This you'll see only in four-wheel and all-wheel drive vehicles. It allows you to drive on, on different road conditions. So whether it's slippery outside or, or whether you're off-roading somewhere in the hills, you'll be good to go with this transfer case. Okay. So, and then... You said my coolant, I'm not seeming to have any issues with why would I need to replace my coolant? Yeah, so you don't have any coolant leaks. However, when coolant over time, it'll start to break down and deteriorate. And we don't want that because the coolant touches major components, components such as hoses and radiators and thermostats. And all of those are, are very important, especially in the wintertime here when we're uh, getting a little chilly. You want your heat at minimum, but you also don't want to be stranded on the side of the road when your vehicle overheats. And so that just prevents any of that from happening. Well, these things, all these components do sound pretty important. I think that I really want to stay up on top of my maintenance for my vehicle. I want to own this vehicle for a while. How much and when can we have it all completed? I do have to pick up the kids by the end of the day. Yeah, absolutely. So let's see, it's about 11 o'clock right now. I could have that done for you around four, but I will call you at three just to, to verify and make sure that that will work out. As far as a total, it looks like including your oil change after tax, we're looking at 885.34 as a price. Okay. Yeah, we can go ahead and get that done. Just uh, let me know by three o'clock that way if it does roll into tomorrow or something like that, I can make other arrangements. That would be fantastic if you could keep me up to date. For sure. Yeah, absolutely. And Lee, if you have any other questions, you think of anything, just go ahead and give me a call back and I'm happy to help. That sounds great. Perfect. Thanks. You have a great day. Thank you, Allie. Yep. We'll be in touch. Allie, are you a, a car engineer or something? Uh, automotive engineer? <laughs> absolutely not. Far from it. <laughs> Good job, guys. Yeah. How did you feel? Yeah, it was good. I don't remember if I said recommended or needed. So I'm assuming I said recommended because I'm really bad at using that word. <laughs> I don't remember. I'm sorry. <laughs> I was really into the role play and I didn't hear. So I'm yeah. sorry. I'll have to go back yeah. and listen to this recording and give you feedback later. <laughs> okay. On specific. The, you are a technical customer. How did you feel about Allie providing you with the technical information that she did? I think she did a really good job in explaining to me what some of the components that do they do and some of the importance that it is to keep those systems up to par for the usage of my vehicle. Anywhere from not breaking down on the side of the road for engine overheating to making sure everything's protected in cold weather. In case I do have to use my vehicle in off-road situations or sticky situations, that those components are going to be protected and they need to work when they need to work. Yeah, so the background story is... This was happened, I don't know, maybe six months ago. Ali said to me, Rena, I feel like I will be more confident if I have technical information. And the truth is, is that I have been resisting this. And it's probably because, you know, I worked as a service advisor for over a decade. I had zero technical information and I wrote a million dollars a year in service. So I personally never found that I needed this. However, Allie isn't the first person to say this. Several advisors have asked for this and I'm like, you don't need that. You don't need that. You don't need that. And so finally, Allie is the one that said, look, I want this, figure it out. And so Lee is leading our technical training program for advisors and he is walking service advisors through what these components are and 
how they work, why a customer would want to service them or replace them, what will happen if they don't. And my fear is, is that we're going to get technical when we don't need to get technical. And so that's the one thing that I want to make sure that our advisors aren't doing is you need to hear that if your customer does not want the technical information about what a differential is, that just because you know it doesn't mean that you need to share it. So far, Allie and Matt both have gone through our technical training and Megan is starting it. I want to know, Matt and Allie, how it has helped you guys or so far what you've done with it. So I remember having this conversation with you, Rena, and it was kind of a no at first, but I don't like taking no from you. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I remember your main concern just being like, yeah, because these, these advisors are going to use and abuse it. And I truly believe that like there are three types of advisors, right? You have one who just, they just want to make money. They don't care about anything else. And so they're going to use that technical knowledge and they are going to scare the customer. You have a super, super small oil leak. So your car is going to blow up. Like you need an engine right now. And I mean, yeah, worst case scenario, that's something that could happen. But if it's a super, super small oil leak, the chances of that having been in the same day are pretty rare. Then you got advisors who don't want to be there. They just clock in and out. And then there's others who use this technical training to educate the customer and sell them things that they need and not things that they think they need. It's great. Good. Can I ask a question about the technical piece and and the work that Lee is doing to educate the service advisor? In the scenario that Allie was in, when Lee was asking for, wow, what do all these things do? If... Yeah, okay. We also have to do the differential. That's the device on the vehicle that transfers the power from the front and the rear and, you know, in, in all different kinds of climates and situations. And we're also going to do, instead of waiting, for, what does it do? You put a 15 second technical pieces to the importance of that thing in your presentation? I think that we should ask the customer if they want that information. I don't think that we should just offer it unless you already know the customer's buying style because they've been your customer for a long time. I would say, do you want me to tell you what the differential does and why you want the fluid or do you just want to know? That's also a great question. Do you know what the differential does? I guess to everyone's point is, oh, don't teach me a technical side of the business because some technicians that come up to the counter, they can go on for 50 15 minutes on the differential and the the clients glazed over and just wants this to go away. Another thing to remember is that most customers, if they are a buying style, that's their buying style. But sometimes people can, their buying style can change. And generally your buying style changes based off of how much money you're spending. So you see how like Lee was this very direct buyer, right? And then all of a sudden he heard $914 and he was like, all of a sudden, not as direct. He's like, wait, 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 no, 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 no. Hold on. Give me more information. And so that's what happens is that we might know this person this customer might give us all the indications that they are a friendship buyer. And then when they hear that the bill is $3,000, they are no longer a friendship buyer. Now, all of a sudden, they are a more cautious, technical, I need to understand this in order to buy it. So as a service advisor, we have to make sure that that shift in the customer's style doesn't impact our confidence, where a lot of the time we're going to go, wait, oh my gosh, all of a sudden they're not trusting us. It has nothing to do with that. What it has to do with is that they need the value. Look, $3,000 shifted my mindset from, hey, I really love you and I want to do business with you to, do I really need this? Help me understand it. So that's also something to remember is that most people are who they are, but they can shift 
And we need to be able to read that shift. I hope that makes sense. It does. And I love it. So I have a question, Megan, Allie, Matt, how quick can you change on the fly? What kind of training have you had to read your customer, to understand, to know your customer and to realize that, oh, it's a $3,000 bill. I shall be prepared to you know, support some of this stuff. And is it fun to do that on the counter? I do have a seven years of sales experience and a lot of my training has been being able to read customers, read body language, tones of voice. And I think that's really the important thing about it is if you're over the phone with the customer, it's always good to prepare yourself for like if there's a large estimate, but really focusing on the tone. The customer picks up the phone and they're really quick and really short, then obviously you know that customer's either got something going on or they may not be in the best of mood. Mm -hmm. So you should prepare for that customer to maybe give a little more pushback on pricing or what you're what you're selling. And then if it's in person, obviously the the body language is the key there. I mean if they're kind of shrugging their shoulders or or seem irritated, then just be prepared for to be able to switch. So Megan, Allie? Our job as service advisors is, is to be available for customers no matter what. And I think that any conversation we walk in, whether it's picking up the phone or someone walking through the door, like we walk into a conversation blindly and you'll experience that wherever you go. It's not just service advisors, it's people in general. So I think it's super important to be prepared for that customer, whether they're going to be super friendly or whether they want a step-by-step on what is needed and why is this needed. So, I mean, even if that takes you spending an extra five minutes and typing into chat GPT and getting all that information, I mean, at the end of the day, if they don't want it, at least you're more educated as to what that component is. I want to talk about the word tone keep hearing that. It's just a great thing to constantly be, to have right here, always in the front of yourself, feeling that tone of the conversation. How much does that help you? I think it helps tremendously. And tone starts at, you know, at drop off. So, I mean, obviously at the beginning phone call as well, but if we're able to greet people when they walk in, if they don't do a night drop or something like that, asking people what they have going on that day, the best time to get a hold of them, getting a gauge for what their day looks like so that when we call, we kind of know what they're up against. If, you know, they have a day of running errands and cleaning their house and they'll be available all day. No big deal. Like we know that that is hopefully that hopefully things go well and Costco is not too busy, that they have a good day. They'll be in a good mood when we call. But then there are people who are going to have harder days. Maybe they're coming in, getting a loaner car so they can take a sick grandparent or parent to doctor's appointments. And there are so many different things that go on in people's lives and Let's be honest, when your car is in the shop, it is not convenient. So it's important to read the tone and to know what's happening from start to finish on the car. And it can help not necessarily walk in blindly with how people are doing during their day. Megan, you're a, an influencer in a disc profile, you, you know, gregarious, outgoing, and a high dominant individual crosses your, you know, it's brand new. Uh, well, how much is this? It's a price. Someone said I need. Do you have to change your methodologies so that you can grab that person and keep them because they don't want to hear the real Megan Dino? You're absolutely right. They want nothing to do with my silliness. They don't want the cup of coffee I am going to make them. They just want the information. And very honestly, that's a little bit hard for me to switch to. That is not a style of person that I fit easily with. So it's something that I'm I'm learning to work with. So with the role plays Rena and I are going to be picking up on, I'm sure that she'll come at me 
hard with some of those kind of situations to help me switch into that mode because you're right. It is not my style, nor is it my favorite communication situation. I want to share a story about Megan and Tone. So Megan does have that friendly tone every time she answers the phone. And this customer called in, um, this was a couple months ago, and Megan had her normal tone. She was making jokes with him. She made a joke about loaner car math being as difficult as long division. The customer laughed. She laughed. It was good. It was a normal call for Megan. Later on, we find out that this customer that morning that he had called Megan had been to a local dealership and had been disrespected, treated poorly, then called another dealership same thing. He walked into a dealership and was treated poorly, left there, called someone, then called Megan. We later on found that 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 had happened. And it was interesting because I think to myself, like after having an experience where I actually physically drive somewhere, get turned down, call another shop, get turned down. By the time I've called the third shop, I'm frustrated. And if Megan didn't have the tone that she had, I think that that, I know that that call would have been completely different. If she would have answered the phone and sounded rushed and like she didn't care, that customer would not have been who he was. And it was ended up being like, Megan ended up being a hero to that customer. And he got his car fixed and was out, I think what that, that day or the next day. And it was all about tone, an email about it. And what he remembered about Megan is weeks after he had been there, he remembered Megan's greeting word for word. That is how important tone is. And when shop owners call me and say, Rena, we need help with sales. Can you do sales training? Well, sales starts at that initial call. The sales start after the customer has been there and you've done the inspection and now you have the estimates. That began when we made the appointment for the inspection or testing or whatever we were doing. And so when you start off with a pleasant greeting and you have a good interaction and set up a positive appointment with the customer, the sale is going to go so much easier. This is good stuff. I'm so happy we're doing this. There's so much to learn. A lot of, lot of great wisdom here. Allie, building a relationship with a client brand new, 20% of your business has got to kind of go away. You got to always get some new stuff. Can you give us a great tip of building that trust, re- trusted relationship with a, with a brand new client? Yeah, it's a good question. It's hard. It's about money and it's about who can do this for me as quickly as possible. And that can be hard to do because I can't do it cheap and I can't do it quickly, but I can do it and I can do it correctly. So it's hit or miss with a customer. What's the value words that you give to me while this dialogue is going on? The value proposition. Why am I coming to your place? You're basically explaining to me the phone rang. It says, hey, so where did you hear about us? And did you know that we blankety, 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 blank. I mean, do you set yourself up for that value proposition that you're looking for that customer to say yes to, no matter what the price is? Yeah. I hesitate there and kind of smile because I can just, I can feel Rena breathing down the back of my neck right there. (laughs) (laughs) That's why she's there. Right, right. Yeah. So many conversations about value. You know, when a customer calls, they want an appointment and they get all the way to the point of what well, you charge for diagnosis. And at that point, that's when they kind of step back and say, wow, what? So at that point, I think it's just 
building value of your technicians. Why is diagnosing so important? And that's because your technician's important. You can't just hire a random person on the side of the road. And we have master certified technicians, all ASE weekly training every Wednesday. Service advisors even have training. Like it's, it's never ending. We're always learning and we're not perfect, but we're pretty darn close. And we try our best to do everything we can make sure these customers don't have to come back. All right. Here's my credit card. Just do it. (laughs) (laughs) There's so many different answers to your question, Carm, but Mm -hmm. I think that one of them is after we secure an appointment with the customer that we set an expectation and then meet that expectation. And I think that the expectation comes money, time, So that's why I feel like it is so important that we don't say to a customer, I'll give you a call when we find out more information about your vehicle. Because now we are allowing the customer to determine how long we think or how long they think it should be for us to figure that out, that information and call them. But if I was to say to you, Carm, I'm going to give you a call at three o'clock with an update on your vehicle, or our next point of contact will be 3 p.m. today to give you an update. And then I meet that expectation either by a text or by a call, whichever. People buy from you when they like you and they trust you. So if you're friendly, you made good eye contact, you smiled, you were easy to work with. And then you also built trust with me by telling me that you were going to do something and then followed up with it. So telling somebody I'm going to call you later, that is not a trust building exercise. Telling them when you're going to call them and then doing it the exact time. Would I ever say, listen, you're going to have the best experience out of any auto repair you've ever, ever received in your whole entire lifetime here. Yeah. Or even we want to provide you with the very best experience that you've ever had. This was great. So much to learn. Love the role plays. I know we went a little deeper in some of the topics, but let's just go around the room. Anything else that you would love to share to the audience so that they can continue to pick up some really good tips, pointers that they can take away and be good. Rena, I'm going to let you be last. Lee, Ali, Matt, Megan, and then Rena. Lee, any, any final words? I don't really have any final Final words for today. I think that everybody did really great. And I believe that what we do here is game changing. Thank you, Lee. Appreciate that. Allie, did I pick on you too much, Allie? No, I love it. (laughs) Anytime. I also heard that you are going to Vision, which is exciting. Yeah. So I will see you there. Oh, great. Yeah. I guess I would say for a customer living, like, don't be afraid to ask questions. Like, question your service advisor, question the technician. Like, this is your money. This is your vehicle. This is your investment. And you should feel free to ask anything. Good. Thanks a lot. Matt, how about you? I think really kind of to circle back on the questions, but on, the, on kind of a different side of it, as a, te- as a service advisor, don't be afraid to ask your technicians questions, mm-hmm. technical questions. I mean, if you've got a customer on the phone that's really asking you a whole bunch of questions, don't be afraid to say, you know, Mr. or Mrs. Customer, can I put you on a brief holder, call you back? I'm going to try to gather some more information on this and, and provide you with what you'd like to know. Matt, can you imagine saying to the client, listen, I got to put you on hold or I'll call you back because I'm going to go talk to my technology specialist on that. You do that for me? Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> That's what the person feels. Absolutely. Powerful. Thank you so much, Matt. Megan? So one of my things is I hope that everybody has a place they work where they can be themselves, which obviously, well, not obviously, you guys don't all know that I work alongside my parents, but being able to be Megan in my job makes it very helpful. My job is not easy, but it makes it so freaking easy to do my job when I can be myself. I'm allowed to not know all the answers and I'm. it's okay if my customers know that I don't know all the answers. So 
my last thing would be, you know, just make sure that you're doing something where you can be yourself and make sure that when you are talking to your customers, your clients, whatever you want to call them, that you're not misrepresenting yourself. I think that's important to the integrity of the business. I am looking forward to learning more technically, but I am never going to tell anybody I'm an expert by any means. You know, and if, if you have a question while you're talking to someone about their vehicle, always be able to put them on hold so you can get the proper information to them without hesitation. Make sure that you know the correct information before you say it. And it's okay if you don't know, just ask. And people are so much happier to get correct information and sitting on hold than to have wrong information and then somebody call back and have a confusing situation. Great answer. What was going through my mind as you were saying all of that was doctors don't know everything. And they say, listen, I may have to go read on that, get on the internet, talk to one of my specialist friends, but I'll have you. The doctor always says, I'll have you an answer. Count on that. And again, I think we worry sometimes we're on the phone that we don't know technical enough and we lose confidence that we can handle that. But it's the confidence that you can gain from telling an individual that you will get them that information builds your own personal confidence with that client because they know you're going to go to bat for them. Great takeaways here. Wow, Rena, thank you for putting this together. You talk about a logistical nightmare of getting everybody on the same page for the same date and time to do this. Thank you so much for all of you coming on. Rena, I'll give you the last word here. You know, I can tell you that my takeaway is that I learn from everyone, my clients, every day. So I can tell you that Allie pushing back Giving her coach pushback and saying, look, I need this from you is giving this industry something that I've heard lots of people ask for before. So anyone that receives any sort of technical training, they owe it to Allie. So I look forward to working with this technical training and I'm excited to have it leading it for us. I love doing these podcasts and working with everybody. So thank you, Carm, for... No, thank you for that and for uh, you adding that technical piece to to your your company. Rena Renabaum, Empowered Advisors, Ellie Norton, Service Writer, Rosemas Car Care, Hudsonville, Michigan. Lee Fleming, Service Advisor and Coach, a Trainer, Technical Trainer for Empowered Advisors. Matt Bellinger, Service Plus... Watertown, New York. You used to live up near the Canadian border, right? I did. I actually grew up in Canada. My first few years was there, so I was able to get dual citizenship. All right. So that everyone knows, there's a place called Fort Drum up there. I spent six years up there in the National Guard doing stuff in the 70s, so I'm familiar with that place. We are actually right outside the Fort Drum gate. <laughs> right outside. And Megan Didoff, Irving's Auto Repair, the Apex 2021 Shop Owner of the Year and the Women in Auto Care Female Shop Employee of the Year 2022. Thank you all so much for being here. Appreciate it. Thank you for having me. Yeah, thanks, Carm. Thank you. Thanks. Thanks for being on board to listen and learn from the premier automotive aftermarket podcast. Until next time. 